0: In the fall each year we all congregate, the found all gathered at the church of getting The scriptures reading from the book of Munson, our favorite verse, my God of precious. Drunk and obnoxious, notches well, Georgia faith, ain't enough to find her in the lane. Now the three thousand of our best friends, it's Saturday and that thing.
1: Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We are a Georgia Bulldog show. I am your host, Seth Saunders, and we are beyond fired up to be joined on our next installment of the Georgia Story interview series uh, by Karen Morgan. Karen is born and raised in Athens, Georgia. She is a proud Georgia grad. She is a comedian who will be having a show in her hometown of Athens coming up soon here on October 21st uh, at the Rialto Room at the Hotel Indigo, and we are more than happy to hear her sh- uh, story today. So, Karen, welcome to the show.
2: I am so happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad, very, very glad to be coming to Athens uh, to the Rialto Room in October. Um, and as you said, it's an off weekend there's no game, so everyone can come. That's why I picked that weekend, so everybody could come to the show. So it'll be very, very fun to do it at home.
1: Is now is this the first time you're playing Athens, or this is a return trip to Athens to play?
2: This is return. I actually Troy Aubrey is a wonderful guy who produces lots of shows in Athens, and he produced my show last year at the Rialto Room. I think it was oh, in March of last year. Um, This year we moved it to the fall. And um, so it's a return. But this one is just more special because we are taping it for an album release and we're we're audio taping it and videotaping it. So it's kind of fun for that reason.
1: And just so y'all know how avid a dogs fan that Karen is, she strategically placed this. So it was in the bye week and nobody had any dogs football to mess this up
2: (laughs) not not even away game you know it you you, everybody can come even coaches can come if they really want to
1: and everybody's gonna need a laugh or two going into the florida game because tensions are always a little high. i feel like
2: yeah no it it, there's we we may need laughs after they're gonna need laughs after but we'll need some before just so we get ready we need that's right we need to practice our uh our six ounce curls or our 10 ounce curls before we go into that weekend
1: that's right. Coming back to the Classic City for your show in October is certainly a homecoming. You were born and raised in Athens. I'm interested to hear about what that was like growing up in the Classic City. And also, given that you grew up in Athens, was there ever anywhere that you were going to go but Georgia? Or was UGA always the choice for you when it came to your college plans?
2: We typed it on a piece of paper, and um, we we sent it into the admissions office. But I I never... I never applied anywhere else. There's no way I was gonna go anywhere else to school. So, um, and, and growing up in Athens is, is a special place to grow up, it, but also staying to, to go to school there made it even more special. Cause you, you do see as, a, as a, a Athens child and all my friends and I, you do one thing in high school and, and grade school and then you get to college and you find an, a whole new thing about Athens where the, where the university is. But um, I, I had absolutely no doubt that that's where I was going to school.
1: And what what did your parents do when you were growing up? What, what was their vocation in Athens?
2: Well, the reason we were in Athens is because my, my dad was actually a student at Georgia. So oh, cool. um, my dad was at school there. And that's why uh, we lived in Athens, because he was at school. And um, he actually was a PE major at Georgia and worked in the athletic department quite a bit. He worked with Coach Gabrielson who was the head swim coach at the time. So, Coach Gaberson, Bump Gaberson, taught me how to swim when I was three at Stegman Hall. So, you know, I, I go back to literally babyhood of starting to, you know, spend time in the athletic department over there.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, so that makes some sense then, because I've seen some pictures, like on your Instagram and stuff, that you, you still swim to this day, right?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm swimming now. I'm doing more open water swim, and I was doing a lot of triathlons, but I hate to run. I hate to run <laughs> so bad. I hate running, and and then but I went back to my love of swimming, which I did in you know early at early ages. I didn't swim in high school because we didn't have a high school team, but I swam in middle school, and my coach in middle school was Jack Bowerley. So, you know, I, it's, it's amazing to come back and he and I are, are good buddies now still. And um, when I come back to, to Athens and I swim in the Jack Bowerly pool at the uh, Coach Gabrielson Natatorium, it's, you know, it's just like church to me to go swimming over there.
1: Oh, what a cool thing. I mean, you, you could have had two worse teachers, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but open water swimming is different. Open water swimming in Maine specifically is, you know, quite yeah. different. We're in the ocean. Um, there are sharks, there are, you know, there are, there's stuff going on. I did a four mile swim in, off of the coast of Nantucket last weekend. Um, and that was a good. I'm doing a 10 K swim next weekend. So my swimming these days, I I'm in the pool in the winter. Obviously I'm not going to swim in the ocean in Maine in the wintertime. Yeah. I have friends that do, but not me. I'm, I still have thin Georgia blood. So,
1: so when you were at UGA, was mm-hmm. the plan always to hey, I want to go to law school and be an attorney or or I understand there was a gap there so so There's what was the gap. yeah what what was the path <laughs> to that
2: as a matter of fact, Seth this is now my part of my opening bit on my new comedy show that we will be doing in Athens is that that was not my plan at all. I actually was an art major. At Georgia, but I started out pre-med. I went three years pre-med. I was going go to go to medical school, but then I got to like junior year and I had to take physics and I totally failed the physics class because of this one particular problem, which I talk about in my comedy now. But so I um, I graduated with my art degree at Georgia, loved it, had a great time. And then I did other other jobs for I don't know, six or seven years before I even decided, you know what? I should probably go to law school because my dad, when I graduated from Georgia in 1986, my dad said, you know what? You should go to law school. You'd be really good at it. But being a, you know, worldly 21 year old or 22, whatever (laughs) we were back then, I said, that's silly. I'll never go to law school. That's silly. And then I I took his advice a little bit later and finally did go. So I enjoyed that too.
1: Now, but so your law school story is a little bit different because you were working full time and going at night. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I was. I was in Atlanta by then working. I had other jobs and then decided, okay, I'm going to give this law school thing a try and got got in. I actually went to Georgia State because I was already living in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So what was great about Georgia State School of Law at the time is probably still is, is that they did have a lot of classes that sort of um were good for non traditional kids right out of college, people like me that were out working, older students, non traditional law students. So um and I had a great experience there. I did, you know, you know, a lot of trial work. You know, that's right. Sort of became in love with doing trial work was actually in law school. And my friends that are that I graduated from law school with they're now all judges in Atlanta and, you know, <laughs> they've kept on with the law. I just, I'm one of those people that just don't, I don't do it anymore. I keep my CLEs, but I don't do it practicing anymore.
1: Well, unlike Karen, I am not enlightened and have not gotten out of the legal profession. So, (laughs) so I envy her taking that leap. Um, I I went to law school as well. And Uh, You know, I just have so much respect for your journey because I can't fathom having full time gig and then also doing law school at the same time, just because the workload is so heavy and there's there's so much content. And so, you know, applause to you for for pulling that off, because that's outstanding. I I also understand. from (laughs) Yeah, I bet you don't. I was going to say,
2: you don't. it was hard. Yeah, I, I went past it.
1: So, and I understand you had a pretty cool swearing-in ceremony, too, from a location (laughs) perspective.
2: Yes, I did. So, my my parents are both from Monticello. So, they grew up in Monticello. And most people in Georgia know that my cousin Vinny was actually filmed in Monticello and not in Alabama, like it says in the movie. But So, when I got uh, time to get sworn in, Dan Jordan swore me in at the courtroom for my cousin Vinny, which was really kind of special.
1: Oh, I love that. That's how it's saying. These two Utes. That's what I think Utes. every time. Utes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's, it's neat that you're in Maine. That is a, that's a part of the country that, that I would love to go to. My wife and I were in Boston for almost four years for grad school and oh. just never got far enough North to go to Maine. You're talking about Nantucket. Uh, my wife did her, one of her clinicals on the Cape for her, for PT school. Yeah, And so I, I just don't know how you do it because those waters were cold in July, <laughs> much, much less than the other time of the year.
2: Yeah, I have a very, very thick wetsuit. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's very thick. And this time of year, I don't actually need it. But, you know, when we start, we start in the ocean, like in June, we go to maybe October. I'll do, um, in a couple of weeks, I've got a, a swim. It's called the Noble Challenge where you swim out around this lighthouse, and I will be wearing a very thick wetsuit that day because the water in that part of the ocean is pretty cold. Down in Nantucket, it's a little bit warmer. You get down on yeah. the cape, it
1: warms up. So, being an attorney and you're rocking and rolling and doing that, what is the genesis then to go? You know what? I think maybe <laughs> my passion and my heart is somewhere else.
2: Well, it started out, I'd always tell people there was, a, there was a thing in the middle and it was called having three kids in three years. <laughs>
1: <Eddie>? <laughs> I get so, that.
2: Yeah. You have three kids in three years, your brain goes a little wonky and you, you make different decisions that you never thought you'd make before. And so I, I went back to practicing law after my older son was born. And then when my daughter was born, I'm like, I don't think I can do both of these well. And I if, if I'm going to pick one, I'll pick my kids. And then... My younger son was born, and I haven't, and I never went back. And then but, but then you're home and you're like, I'm going insane. And I needed just a night out to myself to get my brain back together. So a friend of mine was teaching a stand-up comedy workshop at the local club. So that's kind of how I started. Um, I didn't go, "Oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian now. It's more like, I just need a night to myself for a couple of hours doing something that's not changing diapers for a few minutes. <laughs>
1: So I'm interested in this. So you go to the workshop and is it something where you had an inkling that, Hey, I'm sharp and I'm witty. And I think this could translate to humor or you go and you have the experience and it kind of hits you like, Hey, maybe this is like a gift that I have, and I'm able to do this and, and hone this. What What was the path on that?
2: Well, the path was more like what what I fell in love with to begin with was the writing process. Of, you know, because as as attorneys we write a lot, and this was a right. different kind of writing. It, you, it's a creative writing, but it also is still very wordsmithy. You know, you've really yeah. got to make the words work, the pauses work, the punctuation work. But I was actually very fortunate because when you most of the times when you take a stand up comedy workshop, you will have a graduation show. So at the graduation show, the bar is very low and people generally laugh at everybody because they're being nice. But um, my teacher videotaped my graduation set and it just so happened at the time that Nick at night was having their search for the funniest mom in America. And so my teacher said, hey, you know, your material is perfect for this, this contesty thing. Do you want me to send your tape in? And, and I said, sure, why not? And then went on to doing whatever else I was doing with the kids. And then it turns out I actually became after, after three auditions at over a 1000 people that they looked at, I was in the top seven to go to New York and, and tape. We went to different different comedy clubs and we taped the show. And so being in Nick at night search for the funniest mom in America as a finalist was kind of like my first thing I ever did. And after that, I found out that, Hey, I really like this. This is super fun and no one's going to go to jail or lose a lot of money. If I mess up here. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right.
2: It was, it was just kind of neat. And, and so I toured with, I, as, a, as a, I'm also a producer. I produce shows. So as a producer, I got a couple of the moms and I said, hey, I'm going to create something that's like a blue collar comedy tour, but for moms, you guys, are you guys in? So I grabbed two of those other finalist moms and we toured for like five years um, with that particular show doing theaters and, um, you know, not comedy clubs per se, but more like performing arts centers and did that around the country and then at some point after that I was like I was missing my kids ball games and their ski races and 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 so I decided you know what I'm gonna come back off the road and stay home a little bit more so I kind of came I did I just I toured hard for five years but then they were little and I was like you know what I didn't stop practicing law to, to do this so yeah I'm gonna go back home for a little bit
1: so it sounds like in a lot of ways comedy is something that found you less than you found it. Would that be a fair assessment?
2: Probably fair. Although I will say, you know, growing up, you know, my dad, my, my late dad, um, he and I had shared this love of comedy. You know, I stayed up with him and watched Johnny Carson and I would stay up with him and watch Saturday night live and, you know, those sort of things. So I've always had a love of comedy. Mm -hmm. I just never had a love of, I would like to be the person up there. Um, right. But, you know, I think we're all we're Southern people. We're storytellers. I think there's something really special about growing up down south that we, we learned to tell these stories. We you know, we love Louis Grisard stories. We love we love all of these things about being Southern. So it became a very comfortable transition for me to, cause my, my, uh, comedy style is not a setup punchline joke, jokey kind of thing. I am telling a story and I've got punchlines thrown in there, but yeah. it's still at the, at the base of it is still Southern storytelling.
1: Did you find that once you started pursuing that, that your training as an attorney and being in the courtroom was kind of like a nice breeding ground for, yeah. Hey, cause cause it's just a different kind of stage, right?
2: It is. I mean, it's, you know, trial work. And it's, again, you're in front of a jury as opposed to in front of an audience that's got a two drink minimum, which is super helpful.
1: (laughs) But We could use that in the courtroom. maybe.
2: I think they should change the rules. It would be much more fun. People would like to go to jury service. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be much more entertaining, quite honestly. But yeah, it was, I guess it's just a comfort level. Also, the bigger thing was I didn't start doing stand up till I was 40. I mean, it's almost 20 years now, but I, I was doing it at age 40. So at, at that point, you know, you've had enough birthdays and, and you've been in a courtroom. So you're not, I'm not I wasn't like afraid. I wasn't nervous. Yeah. It was just, right. you know, it's just a conversation with people.
1: Do you think that was made a little bit easier by, I know in my own journey, having kids is very grounding. because number one, they (laughs) let you know very often that you're not nearly as cool as you think you are. And also, I think the other side of it is, is you start to get rooted in this. This is what's most important. And the things I used to think were important really don't feel that important anymore because of that. I mean, do you think that played into it at all, too?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's all perspective. And coming from a parenting perspective, as you said, things that you think are, are horrifying, you know, they really aren't. At the end of the day, is everybody happy? Is everybody healthy? And can you find some joy and, and laughter yeah. in, in everyday moments, like you know, having your kids call you out, <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> you know, which still happens when they're in their twenties. Let me just tell you, it's yeah. it never stops. But also, which makes it fun. It's good.
1: So, how old are the kids now? I know you have a. a a child in college here in yes. here in the low country
2: right yeah he's he's at College of Charleston he's 21 um, my daughter just graduated from St. Lawrence University in May she's yeah. 23 and my older son graduated from St. Lawrence University he's 24 so they're close together in age but two are out one left um, so I'm freeing up my fall to come back to Athens more <laughs> which is the best part
1: yeah going
2: through Charleston on the way but I'll I will probably loop a couple of visits in
1: Yeah. So what are the mechanics of that look like? Because like the tough part about being in Maine is you can't just pop out for the weekend and take a road trip to Athens and see the dogs play. So like how tough is that? Do you, do you try (laughs) to make a pilgrimage every once in a while to see them? Like, what does that look like?
2: I I definitely make a pilgrimage and I, you know, and I, I I have to plan ahead now that I'm back on doing a lot more touring shows like I said, I, I scheduled the, the one in Athens so I can go to Athens. It just happens to be an off weekend, but I'll schedule stuff. I've got one uh, show in Atlanta on September 22nd, but I will, I will probably go to the game that morning. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what time kickoff is, I'll try to go to the game and then drive to Atlanta for the show. But I do have to plan ahead. And, you know, housing is different. It's hard to get a hotel room these days. And Very my hard. fantasy is to have a condo in Athens. And yeah. Alex Sams and I are talking, but we'll just figure <laughs> it out. Um, it's, I, I would love to have a place to just come down there and know I can come. But while I'm, while I'm touring, it's a little harder. But I try to get to two games a year. Um, sometimes three. I definitely have been to the national championships recently, and those were super fun and um, would not miss those kind of games at all. I will I will come for those.
1: Well, you bring that up, so I have to ask you this. You've been a dog's fan for highs and lows, okay? <laughs> Throughout your journey as a University of Georgia fan, could you have ever, ever imagined in your wildest dreams that the last... 24-plus months would have happened.
2: Uh, it, you know, I, y- yes and no. I mean, can I just tell you how thrilled I am that it actually happened? Of course. Um, <laughs> I I was at the 1980 game in, in New Orleans. Um, my dad took us. I was 16. You know, 16-year-old on Bourbon Street awfully fun. But... Um, <laughs> So I was at that game, and so the game in Indianapolis became really special because my dad has passed away, but I, I just had this feeling about Indianapolis in that year. I bought my mm-hmm. national championship tickets in November for for that for that year because yeah. I was like, you know, I am not going to miss the opportunity. Now, I did go to Atlanta when we lost to Alabama. I thought that was going to be it. So that was – anyway, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Um <laughs> but i went to to indianapolis i drove there from maine with my boys um i had a fractured tailbone i'd fallen in the driveway and my husband's like do you think you should go and i'm like i'm going you don't understand so we drove there and i was super emotional Uh, i'll have to send you my my little video from that game it's on instagram but i am i started crying the moment the team came out i think i cried the whole game and we hadn't even won yet then we won i was a mess So, um, I can't even tell you how exciting that was to, to be there when that happened. And so then the next year, this past January, I couldn't go because I had shows. Um, but my son who's in my son who's at college Charleston said, mom, what if we go to Athens and watch it? And I was like, yes we are so we went to Athens and watched that game on the top of the Georgia theater at the rooftop bar and had, and just had a ball and ran into the street when we won and I w- I will tell you Seth I was the oldest person on that street <laughs> I was so old and my son we were getting jammed in and my son's like don't hurt my mom and I'm like I don't care And so but I can look around and say I was I think I was the only person on the street that had been to the game in 1980 and then in the one in Indianapolis and there was on that street that night I, I can't tell you how exciting that is for me it just I just I love it so much I went to the games when I was a baby now I'm not the only kid that grew up in Athens that has this feeling I mean we are we, we are passionate people um, you know my friend Jimbo Laboon runs a wonderful wonderful tailgate of all of, of, of a lot of Athens people that grew up in Athens that just love Georgia football so I'm one of many but I certainly was very happy on those days
1: I just love that you were in Indy. We, we my brother and I, were there too. And, oh, good! Uh, Yay! Kind, it was kind of like a planes, trains, and automobiles thing. Like I, I flew from Charleston to DC, DC to Louisville. I rented a car in Louisville, drove to Indy. Um, yeah. We got like a last-minute hotel, but it was kind of the same thing. We're like, look, man, we've we've made all these trips, we've, we've gone all these places. You know, no chance we're missing it if they actually do it. And i I'm, I want to ask you this too because we've had this conversation a lot. Don't you think it felt more momentous? It would have been momentous regardless. But yeah, yeah. don't you think there was some added sauce because oh. of who they beat?
2: Of course. Of course. No, it was
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: it was just a little bit. Of, mm, just, eh. Particularly after th- that game in Atlanta where we lost in the last five seconds, seven seconds, whatever it was. I, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about it. But it was it made it a little bit more special. Yeah, you know, not that TCU didn't deserve to be where they were, but I don't know. It was just a little more special to beat beat them in Indianapolis. I I, I don't know. it it was what now notre dame i felt again i don't think i was old enough to appreciate the notre game notre dame game as much as i did in 1980 because they were you know and they still are the sort of country's favorite team everyone loves Notre Dame. rah 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 and we weren't expected to win and we did and that was really kind of cool um but i don't know indianapolis may have been a little bit more fun
1: yeah, we, we had just such a big time, and it was cool to kind of see that be the culmination of, I feel like, Dogs fans traveling so yeah. well. Yeah, And, yeah. boy, was it a rugged environment. It was not <laughs> warm that weekend in Indy.
0: Well, um, they
2: don't know how to – evidently, Indianapolis doesn't know how to salt the sidewalks when there's ice on it. I mean, I had just fallen in here and broken my tailbone, and I'm, and I'm in Indianapolis trying to maneuver <laughs> – also with adult beverages going on. So it was, it was hard, but you know what? I felt like it, we, we making that trek and even just getting to the stadium on all that ice it was just, it was worth it. But like we are going, we are dogs fans and we are going to be there.
1: Well, I, I want to know about the, I guess the backstories. I think I know part of the backstory based on the first one, but I love a good Genesis story and your two comedy specials are titled, the first one was Go Dogs, which outstanding. <laughs> and then the second one was rub some dirt on it, which I feel like I have heard from my dad and associated male figures in my life, six bajillion times, especially <laughs> on athletic fields. So I just love yeah. both those names. Yeah. So tell us the stories behind naming those specials.
2: Well, the, so the first one I did and drive our comedy is, is great because what they have done is they've given a nice platform for clean comedians. I, mm-hmm. I work clean. Um, which means, you know, you can bring your grandmother in my shows, and she's not going to be squeamish. But I say, don't bring your kids. Get a babysitter. It's, it'd be a lot more fun if you if you didn't have kids there. But so the first one, I think at the beginning of that that taping thing, I don't know anyone in the audience. I'm in. They they tape them in in Provo, Utah. So I'm in Utah. Oh, interesting. I, yeah, and so I just said, I got. I said, hey, I'm from Athens, Georgia, and someone in the audience yelled, "Go dogs!" Like, and I didn't know who they were. So, like, so that was like, well, that's why we're going to name that that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And the second one was um, taped a little bit after COVID. Took a while to come out. It just finally came out this year. Um, I think it had been out. I, I taped it like 18 months before it came out. But... I'm now doing a lot of generational stuff and Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you're the same thing. It's, you know, Gen X, you know, younger boomers. We're all in this category of that. We really are hardy people. And so yeah um, we were told rub some dirt on it, suck it up, blow on it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, or my mom's favorite, don't bleed on the shag carpet, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that particular bit in that special has become actually now a 1-hour show, which is the, what I'm going to be taping in Athens in October. So the whole show now, it's a whole hour of growing up in the 70s and going to school in the 80s and the the nostalgia stuff that we grew up with. And, you know, some of it will be specific to Athens and some of it specific to Georgia football, but it's still about being a, you know, a child of the seven.
0: It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips because what's lunch without a little crunch and the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a Hammond Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT and more made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just five ninety nine. dollars Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.
2: Seventies and 80s kind of a thing. So that's, that's where, that's where that, the name of that special came from.
0: Oh boy. I love that. How,
1: how totally random, but also appropriate is it that you were filming in Provo and got a hearty go dogs from the crowd. I just think that's it's
2: amazing. Yeah. I, I got another one. I was in, uh, and we were taping an album for, uh, serious exam. This was in Omaha uh, and I'm in Omaha. And I literally, and I, so we were, I knew we were taping this audio album and the, some, the producer kept saying if, if somebody says something out loud or you mess up, Take a moment, say it again, because we can edit it out. Yeah. But immediately I got this go dog. And I can't not go woo whoo, I just can't not do that. If <laughs> somebody's gonna yell that at my show, I will I'm gonna yell back. But we end up leaving it in. It was kind of fun.
1: Oh, that's that's just fantastic. Yeah, we always talk about if we're in an airport or something and we see somebody um, wearing a shirt or a hat. Yes. If we give the go dogs and we don't give it back, we oh. have silently we've silently revoked their card.
2: No, and that's worse than not waving thank you in traffic. That's the worst yeah. thing. I was in Nantucket to do that swim last weekend, and I saw a guy, and and up here it, it's different. Up here you don't see them as often, so yeah. when you yeah. see them, it's a little more unicorny. You're like, oh, right. there's one. <laughs> so my son goes. Mom, look, there's one over there. And so I got out of the car. Like, we were st- stuck in traffic in downtown Nantucket. I got out of the car, go-dogged him, high-fived and got back in the car. Like, it, it's made, it's more special up here because you yeah. don't see as much. So but yeah. I still do it in airports, too.
1: That's how it felt when we lived in Boston. I feel like I never saw him. And uh, I feel like you will appreciate this story. I was in Boston in law school for the original blackout in 2007. Ah, yes. So I ordered by via telephone for the young folks in the crowd. and You couldn't do it on the on the internets <laughs> at that time. Um, I called to the clubhouse. I think I called the clubhouse. I can't remember it was the clubhouse of the Red Zone. And I said, "Hey guys, I know you guys are printing this special shirt for the for the game. I need it, and I need it in Boston by Saturday at like 10 a.m. <laughs> and bless them, they made it happen. And I was wearing the official in stadium shirt in saturday in boston so to be fully garbed out in all black i go down to hibbett sports in downtown boston and i walk in there looking like a raging maniac wearing all this stuff <laughs> like high black socks and black shorts and the guy looks at me like where are you going man I'm like i need all the black things that you have
2: like everything. i need eye black
1: black bandana <laughs> any of it you got i need it and i watched that game dressed like that in an apartment with my law school buddies in boston so yeah yeah, the uh, the sanity can be questioned on that one way or the other, but no, it is I don't, what it is. Not,
2: not by the right people. No one, no one. The right people will not question that. They, they yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one more law school story, and I'll stop with those. But my buddies were all from the Midwest and the West Coast, and had never done like a Southeastern Conference game or anything. So our three 0 year, I organized where I had guys making like installment payments for like six months up to it rented an rv and we drove from providence rhode island to jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party yes and uh (laughs) boy did we have time so it was uh it was a lot of fun we spent pretty much a whole week in that rv seven guys in an rv it was not A nothing
2: but nothing more fun than that so my husband when we were dating my husband is from Boston. He grew up in Boston, and he went to he went to college at Bates College up here in Maine, um, where sometimes they have over a thousand people at the football games. <laughs> and, um, so, w- the first game that I took him to was the Florida game, and um, it, but it happened to be in Athens that year because they were redoing the Gator Bowl or whatever. So oh it was yeah, one yeah, year that yeah. they had it in Athens. Oh so tough I just remember game. And this was back when you could actually walk along the hedges before they would stop you from walking. You could actually do the whole thing. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I just I said, "Come on, we're going to go down. I'm going to show you the hedges. You need to see this from the field." And he was just dumbfounded. He he just he just stood there with his mouth open the whole time. But he's (laughs) I have recruited him because there's there's as you know going to school up here. There's no good college football up here. No, 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 doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. When we lived in Boston, that was the adjustment it was like, okay, let's go to the bars on Saturday and watch college football. And it's like, not really a thing. Like yeah, Bars yeah. are watching. They're still watching the Sox play at that point. In time. No, it's
2: sad. It's sad. Yeah. I've left, I've left weddings up here to go to a bar to find games. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sorry. Uh, I
2: gotta
1: go. Yeah. Boy, I respect that. Well, <laughs> We want to close with you today. We do something called the Smart 16, where we ask you 16 kind of quick hitting questions in honor of Coach Smart and the, the number that he donned when he was wearing the red and black. Yes. So first question is, what's your middle name?
2: My middle name is Lynn, like any proper Southern girl.
1: <laughs> and is that family name? Do they have any origins or just your mom and daddy like No, liked it's it?
2: just my middle name. You know, my mom would say Karen Lynn if I'm in trouble is one of those kind of names. You get your middle name.
1: What I love about this is is that that's my wife's middle name.
2: Oh, good. See, it's a very yep. popular Southern middle
1: name. Yeah. Okay. Who is your favorite dog of all time?
2: Dog of all time. I don't know. Probably Eric Russell.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
2: You know, I, I coach Erk. He was a great man. You know, if if we're if we're talking football, I I also have to say. I used to work for Coach McGill in the in the tennis office. So, oh yeah,
1: that's a good one too.
2: Yeah, and so I worked for Coach McGill in high school and in college, and so that man is very was very special to me. So you know, it's it's kind of it, that is super hard to pick, but I'd have to say Coach McGill or Coach Russell if you're if we're just talking football.
1: I took my dad and my sister to their first games last year for Deep South Soldiers rivalry. And got an Airbnb and we get to the Airbnb and there's a note on the like coffee table when we walk in and it says, this is the house that used to belong to Erk Russell. Yeah. So he probably smoked a cigar on the patio outside (laughs) of your door. And I just looked at him and I go, hot start to the trip, guys. Hot start. (laughs) And it went well.
2: It, and to let them know, it, that's just so special. It's just, and this is what yeah. I love about Georgia and the history of the Georgia, the whole athletic department is just, it's a special thing. It's deep rooted in a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What is your favorite game you've experienced as a Dogs fan? <sighs> okay.
2: Indianapolis, maybe, maybe the top one I, I, at this point. Um, if I had to just pick from last season, the Tennessee game last year, I was Ooh, there. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. you were?
2: Yes. I was. Oh, my God. I was there at, with two of my boys and my cousin. My husband couldn't come, but my my cousin came. And, and you know how it rained, and then it was just kind of misty rain. But yeah, having gone to games for all my whole life, I was amazed at that game that no one left the stadium and until, the, until it was over, over. Like mm-hmm. we At the end, we had a little bit of a lead. We had a comfortable lead for some people to leave early. Yeah. no one left. No one left that game and there was just something really special. I was I was soaking wet, I was so wet. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't care. We're winning. I really enjoyed that. That was my favorite game from last season.
1: We so had talked to multiple people that said that is the loudest they've ever heard Sanford Stadium.
2: Yeah. Then there was a game when I was in um I think I was like in seventh grade and this goes way back. but James Brown did the halftime
1: show. Yeah,
2: Prince Charles was there. And so was uh, uh, Ellie Mae Clampett was there. It, it, that was one game. They all. That's the ho- were- that's
1: the Holy Trinity.
2: Yeah, I was just like. And what was so funny was nobody really cared about Prince Charles. Everybody was more excited right. about Ellie Mae Clampett.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Rightfully so. <laughs> what is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have?
2: Um, it used to be it used to be Auburn. Like I used to really hate Auburn, like viscerally hate. I've swapped, swapped that visceral hate to Alabama now, but it used to be Auburn. And, but then I became really close friends with, um, one of my comedy friends, Vic Henley, um, who has since passed away, but dear friend of mine, he was, he went to Auburn, his, his brother, um, Terry Henley was an all American football player at Auburn. So I have warmed to Auburn recently because of my friendship with this family. Um, And then you got to go Georgia, Florida, just because that game is just—how can you not love that? The whole thing about that—it's just super fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are both tops on our list for sure. Okay, what is your favorite away stadium in the Southeastern Conference?
2: Well, hate Nailing Stadium. And hate Jordan air Stadium. got <laughs> my hates, the hate.
1: I like that too. Which one do you hate? The most? I hate this one the most. I hate
2: that one the most. Um, I, well, I got to go back to Florida again. But, you know, I I was there the year um, we tore the fence down, and, and I think that was my senior year in college. We, we yeah. We were supposed to win, and we were way underdogs, and we won and we were at the end and it was just a chain link fence that was all it was and we had a lot of liquid courage happening and um <laughs> my friend Andy Chambers is a big guy he was in front of me and he, i said it, it, the the fence was going, the fence was going, and we're we're all pushing. And I said, Andy, I'm just gonna hang on to you. I'm, so he went up and over, and I had his white button down shirt in my hand, and we just went over the top of that thing. And <laughs> that, that's you know how can you not love that away game atmosphere? Even though it's technically not away, I know it's neutral, but it's not neutral. It's still in Florida for God's sake. So yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: that's a good point yeah, yeah i never feel like it's neutral like it's they want it neutral. to be yeah when mm-hmm. it's 70 miles away from from Gainesville, i feel like yeah. it, it'll never be neutral no okay what is the loudest home game you ever attended between the hedges
2: tennessee that yeah. tennessee game I've, I've never seen or heard that stadium be that loud um because I know other states, like if you go to Nayland Stadium and it's kind of vertical like this, it seems louder. Like the Tennessee game this year is going to be awful loud. Y'all prepare yeah. yourself if you go in there. But that particular Tennessee game this past season was the loudest one I think I've ever been to. and But fun in a good way.
1: Okay, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose?
2: <sighs> it, it, music or...
1: It can be anybody you want. You have carte blanche. That's what we always tell our clients.
2: Well, I'm a big widespread panic fan.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: Um, I love those guys. I, I got, I got to go widespread panic. I got to go. Panic. Okay. Yeah. I like
1: that. I think we've had that one a couple times. We have not had REM as many times as we thought we would. Yeah. We thought that would be a more prevalent answer, but it has not been. Um, Eric church has been a popular answer. Um, I'm trying to think some of the others that were good yeah, somebody I, one of the questions one question we got was alive or dead <laughs> we said whatever you want man whatever
2: you, how recently departed do they have to be <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. them on
2: stage? I, and I'm a big REM fan because my my senior year in high school my college years was when they were really taking off so you know yeah. and and obviously B-52s um, all, all, any kind of Athens band I, I love. And again, when we were in school, there's nothing better than going to see live music in Athens. It's just, yeah. it's a special, spe- it was really cool to be in school when REM was taking off like they did. It was very fun.
1: All right. What is the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party?
2: I am a crown Royal girl. I, uh, that's, Generally, my pour is a Crown Royal with a splat, just a splash of ginger ale.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's outstanding! My uh, my co-host, my co-host, is just gonna love that. That is my co-host's favorite for sure. And when we were in college, that was our go-to. Like if we were gonna see each other, we'd get a bottle of Crown, and so we had many, many of the purple bags that we never did anything with.
2: I use those purple bags (laughs) for everything. I think it's one time when the kids were like in grade school, I sent somebody something into class with a purple bag and my husband was like did you send that to school with that child i'm like you know yeah whatever it was they needed and that's the bag i had at the time it was in the kitchen so
1: that's it it's just necessity oh well okay you're back in athens october 21st for your special what is your favorite place to eat in athens
2: Okay, so this is awful hard, because my yeah. favorite place in the whole wide world is Waffle House, uh, like, and I have a whole new bit of material about Waffle House,
1: because
2: <laughs> I, I, I eat there. When I come down south, because as you know, they don't have them up here. Nope. So the first thing I do when I get off a plane is go to Waffle House. Where If I'm in Charleston or what, w- the funniest thing ever happened was in Charleston. I went to the one because it's by the airport. There's two in Charleston. Yeah, three, that's right. But the one, not the one by the water that's up high.
1: Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about.
2: The one out by the airport. So I got yeah. off and I went to the airport and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And this little girl. Was waiting on me and she dropped everything she dropped the syrup and she dropped the silverware and she's just dropping stuff and she said i'm so sorry my doctor just changed my adderall prescription and i'm very nervous and so she was dropping everything and then she said and I, i'm not making this up at all she said but there's a bonus uh uh side effect i'm now psychic <laughs> <laughs> I just add the punchline. She, she said, what, well, how do you want your hash browns? And I say, I don't know. How do I want my hash browns? So, um, so I go to, so Waffle so the downtown Waffle House, I love because I usually stay downtown when I'm in yeah. when I come home because mm-hmm. I can walk to that one. Um, I, I got to stick with Waffle House, even though I know it's not like an Athens place. I, it, there's all sorts of great Athens restaurants. And if I, if I mention one, somebody's going to be mad if I don't mention the other ones.
1: When we get to question 14 you're going to be very happy and which makes me very happy with this answer. So okay. this is this is awesome. Uh we just took my we just took our big kids to Atlanta for the they had the Premier League games in Atlanta. My son like loves soccer, my daughter too. And uh I told him I said there's a waffle house right at Centennial Park. If if y'all don't think we're going to waffle house, y'all don't know your daddy at all. So <laughs> we had a little family trip to the waffle house and it was outstanding. Yes. So um all right, do you have any game day superstitions?
2: Um I generally I, I, I like to get up early I do like to watch Sports Center uh, you know mm-hmm. game day I w- I'll watch a game day just because I want to see who's on there um, I do like to go to t- I like I'll do the dog if I'm in Athens I will do the dog walk you mm-hmm. know no matter no matter how early it was two years ago I was taping a TV show in Nashville Tennessee on Friday night and drove all night long and got two hours of sleep because i need to get up and go to the dog walk but i'm like if i'm in town i'm going to the dog walk and then my friend jimbo laboon has like i said he has a great tailgate i, I try to tailgate when i'm in town because i get to see everybody so those are my two. Oh, and okay one more i have to be in the i have to be in the stadium by the time they blow the battle hymn because oh yeah um and my kids know this i come in and i i'm I I cry. I do a lot of crying cuz I'm so yep. happy to be there. I go by and see my dad's brick that we put on the big G, you know, when you come into uh, other games. Yeah. I go I I pay pilgrimage there and yeah. then I need to be in my seat by the time that Battle Hymn blows. So, I'm always there for that.
1: Oh, I love that. That's one of ours too. I I yeah. have to be in the stadium for that. If if I if I don't, if I'm not, it's as if I didn't go to the game. It, it,
2: exactly. Why why even yeah. go at that point? Just yeah. stay
1: home. Yeah. Well, this leads into our next question, which is, okay. what is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition?
2: Well, it, it tail—you know I at some of those. Obviously, dog walk, and 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 I, I do like tailgating. You know. Yeah. You know, so when we were younger, before the books, when the bookstore was Stegman Hall, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. back that far, but the bookstore wasn't there. Stegman Hall was there. Um, my daddy's tailgate with Greta Terrell's daddy and Mr. Culpepper and all those guys that it was kind of under the bridge.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, yeah.
2: As, as more and more um, things got built, the, the, the tailgates got pushed out further and further. Now that mm-hmm. existing tailgate is still, it's still around. It's the younger generation now. It's it, um, you know the younger generation of our, our, of our parents have taken it over. Yeah. But, Jimbo's is up by the home ec building. So I generally make, I'll walk up there, see that, see everybody there and then come back down to that tailgate. So I make the, run, I run around a lot. It's yeah. generally better if I'm by myself.
1: Because, Same. I get that. Know? Yeah. So, I totally yeah. get that. You're trying to hit all the spots and see. All I got to the hit them all. Oh, yeah, I get my, that. My I...
2: youngest Mac that's in Charleston, he will hit them with me. He knows, he knows the truth. But if, if I, if my husband's with me, he walks too slow. I'm like, I can't take you.
1: <laughs> oh boy. We're, we're going to be fast friends, Karen. You and me are going to get along just fine. Um, okay, black jerseys, yes or no?
2: I'm going to say no.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally okay. Yeah. yeah, I will say this. The answers have been way more 50-50 than we thought they would be.
2: Yeah.
1: And and across all ages. Like some folks are just like, you know what? I'm straight traditionalist. I wanted yeah. to wear red at home and I wanted to wear white on the road. Right and that's the end of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I think that's kind of, yeah. I missed it. Although there was that game in Athens that we lost and everybody wore black. And it, yeah. and, um, and I was there and that was awful. And maybe I have a little PTSD from that with the black yeah. jerseys. But yeah, yeah, like, I no. get
1: that. Yeah. What is the loss you're still not over?
2: <sighs> that Alabama last seven seconds when we lost in the I'm I will never till I die be over that game I, I'm st- I mean I'm look at me I'm just still getting mad just thinking about it because uh, yeah. I really thought I really thought that was it I thought that yeah. was the one we were we were going to win and that would that was going to bring us back into it so I don't know I'm I'm still not over that I don't think I ever will be I, I'm Although the I'm state the same. what was it the year after we beat Notre Dame we oh yeah we t- t- Todd back. Blackledge Penn State and I was there for that one. Yeah. And um, yeah, we lost. That was not cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Question 14. This question used to be, what is your order at the varsity? But we made a vow that until the varsity is open again in the classic city, we will not ask the question. So the question (laughs) has shifted to, it is, that's right. So now the question is, how do you order your hash browns at the Waffle House?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm traditional plain, but I do. I have, a tr- I have two orders at the Waffle House because many times I eat two days in a row at Waffle House. So yeah. I have a backup order. My, my basic <laughs> order is cheese, eggs, plain hash browns, white toast with mixed fruit jelly, crispy bacon, Ooh. and a waffle and a cherry Sprite. That's my traditional first order. If I eat there two days in a row, I'd change out the cheese eggs to a fried egg sandwich.
1: Oh, boy. We might have to be writing these down and, and put those in the queue when we head back to, to the Waffle House <laughs> next time. I'm real happy with both those orders. <laughs> All right. There ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs. Yes or No.
2: No. No. Here's why, because I don't, I don't mind noon t- kickoffs here's because in, in college, I just remember, okay, I'm going to date myself, but we would drink Friday night and then you got to get up early and start drinking early the next day to make a noon kickoff. You, you, yep. you know, you can't drink all day if you don't start early in the morning, they say, so, <laughs> if you have to get up. And so I don't mind the new ones. Um, I really don't. I, I kind of like a day games because then you, you, you tell pregame, Game, post game, nap. Yeah. You know, you got a full day.
1: Yeah. It's funny. When we first started asking this, we had a different view on it and we've talked more about it now. I have like a layered view of all of it. Okay. I'm kind of opposed to any day game because I have kids who are 10 and under. So uh, yeah. all the activities are in that window. And I'm always finger crossing when the schedules come out that something's not going to run into the dogs game and mess yeah. me up because there is nothing on the planet worse than having to watch a game on DVR.
2: No, just it's a no. hard pass. You, I hate you just, it. You just don't even do it. You, you know, yeah. You,
1: you know, and you got to you got to turn the phone off, yeah. and it's like don't talk to anyone because they may slip and tell you something. It's just it's a stressful experience that I don't want to have. So and, and,
2: and it's hard now <laughs> you can't do the AM radio earbuds and listen to Larry Munson at while you're at the while you're at your kids' soccer game anymore. You've got yep. you have to be it's, you have to be paying attention now. So. Yeah,
1: it's just a, it's a whole different animal now. So yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: but I don't mind them. I don't mind. Them. I, you know, I it, it'll be fun to finally have another night game. Those are fun. Yeah. But that is another all day event. So sometimes people don't even make it to the game on those days,
1: but that's that's very true. Yeah, the, the all day is you gotta pace yourself. Right? that's yeah. a marathon for sure. Yeah,
2: disco nap. You need a disco okay. nap.
1: Last question college football playoff. We were asking people expand to eight teams or find how it is. So now we are saying, Did you like it when it was the four teams setup, like how it currently is until the end of this year? Or yeah. are you in favor of the expansion to 12 teams?
2: I, I kind of like it like it was. I, yeah. I gotta, and I'm I'm still not quite digesting all these new people in the SEC. It, mm-hmm. It's 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 not. It just seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not liking it. But the the playoff part, I get how they're trying to make it as fair as possible. And yeah. I do know that particularly like back in 1980, we 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 were unquestionably going to be number one that year. That was like we were undefeated. There were no questions. But there are seasons as we know, when top teams have a loss here and there. And then if it has yeah. to come down to some people voting, bleh, so, you know, you, it is kind of nice to say, okay, well, let's duke it out. Whoever wins the actual games makes, makes more sense. So uh, you know, it, it has changed so much. It's hard to follow it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, what are we doing this time? What, how, yeah. we, what, how are we keeping up with it this year? But um, as, as long as you go undefeated, but it's when you get to those seasons where you have one loss and, maybe two and you can still get in there and win so you you like that for those reasons that it's not over
1: yeah i think that's going to be the interesting component right now, i guess we've rationalized that i'm never going to be upset with more football but the flip side of that is is the product going to be watered down or i don't know we'll see how yeah, it all plays yeah, out yeah. In, in a lot of ways i am a, a ranked sentimentalist and a traditionalist so yeah. um yeah. I, I do miss pieces that I hate that the traditional conferences are getting all smashed up and, and convoluted, but yeah, it's where we live in. So it just kind of, kind of have to roll with it. Well, yeah. all right. Well, that is the smart 16 Karen. Thank you for indulgence with that. You're good. off the hot in seat. A past, in a you passed. Flying colors. Yeah. That's flying colors. You you got an A just based on that Waffle House order. So that was good <laughs> enough for us. <laughs> Well, before we let you go, Karen, tell our listeners how they can follow you, support you, anything and everything.
2: So my my website is KarenMorgan dot com, which has all the, those things on there. But if you go to if you're an Instagram person, it's at Karen Morgan Comedy, Facebook at Karen Morgan Comedy. All of those social media things. You just put comedy after Karen Morgan. You get it. Um, and on my website, there's a page that has all the dates. And if you want to buy tickets to Athens or Atlanta or wherever, the ticket links are all on there. And, um, and generally, I don't know. I'm not a big Instagrammer. I, I, I try to keep up. <laughs> But I'm a I'm of an older generation. We didn't grow up with the phone in our hands, so I try to keep up with it. But I'm not on it all the time. So if you send me a message, I I will eventually get back to you when I remember to check them. That's where I'm at with those.
1: All right, perfect. And we will link all that in the show notes, especially uh, links to tickets for the show on October 21st. Y'all make sure and get your butts to go see Karen live. Y'all got nothing else to do. The dogs ain't playing, so we don't need to hear any of that.
2: That's why we picked the date.
1: So, it's the perfect weekend to do it. Well, Karen, we certainly appreciate you taking time to hang with us and tell your story. And uh, as we always close our show, go dogs.
2: Go dogs. Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, George is better now.